Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Here begins what Lin Yutang calls Book 7, Aphorisms. To me, it seems that Lao Tzu has basically said everything he's had to say, and now he's putting some final thoughts on the Tao Te Ching. Simple things we can remember as we continue to travel on our journeys with the Tao and each other. So, here is verse 76, Staying Compassionate. When people are alive, they are soft. When dead, they are hard. When every living thing is alive, it is soft. When dead, it is hard. So the strong and hard have no vitality. The soft and weak have vitality. Therefore, when an army is too strong and rigid, it will be extinguished. When a tree is too stiff, it will break. The strong and hard are inferior. The weak and soft are superior. That's verse 76 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Shaolin Yang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one says, soft is life, hard is death. And part two talks about practicing soft. So we've seen in the first part of this verse, there are a lot of comparisons to alive and soft and dead and hard. And I think that's the main idea. 
the Lao Tzu is getting across is that when we are rigid in our attitudes and our opinions and just the way we live, we are not in flow. We are not changing along with the constantly changing Tao. And so when that happens, we start to die a sort of death. And the reason I feel is because harmony is fluid. And if we say, wait, 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 stop. I want to get off this train. That's okay. We can totally do that. But we're getting off of the harmony train, so to speak. (laughs) So staying soft, staying pliant, staying supple means that we're continuing to be plugged in to what's going on. Now, paradoxically, the truth doesn't necessarily change, but the circumstances around it do. At least that's what my observation has been. Okay, so if that's part one and just kind of laying out that, you know, staying in harmony means that, you know, you'll continue to experience life within the Tao. Then part two talks about practicing being soft. And so how are we... How are we doing this? Or what are some of the instructions that that Lao Tzu is giving us? Well, I think we get a clue when he says, when an army is too strong and rigid, it's extinguished. And when the tree is too stiff, it'll break. So he's basically, without giving us any kind of techniques, he's basically saying, hey, stay soft. (laughs) So I think that's up to us to interpret in terms of, well, what does soft mean to us? And for me, staying soft means always using what's happening and what's going on around me as opportunities for growth, opportunities to avoid rigidity. So I don't necessarily need to come up with a program or I don't need to come up with a regimen to make sure that I'm, you know, not stiff and hard and dying. What I do need to do maybe is come up with a way to practice softness and vulnerability and compassion. So we'll get more into that into different parts in this episode. For now, let's go ahead and just wrap up that short interpretation of verse 76 by recognizing that it's got two parts. The first part says that soft is life and hard is death. And part two says, practice being soft. So, let's put that back together. I'll read verse 76 again. When people are alive, they are soft. When dead, they are hard. When every living thing is alive, it is soft. When dead... It is hard. So the strong and hard have no vitality. The soft and weak have vitality. Therefore, when an army is too strong and rigid, it will be extinguished. When a tree is too stiff, it will break. The strong and hard are inferior. The weak and soft are superior. 
Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering staying compassionate. There are two. Number one is practicing being soft. And number two is refining that energy. Practicing being soft. One of my favorite cartoons to look at in the newspaper was one called The Far Side by Gary Larson. In one particular comic, there was one panel. Actually, there was always just one panel in this comic. There was a building with a sign above the door. It was an institution for the mentally gifted. There was a picture of a Brainiac student pushing on the door to get in, but you could tell that it wasn't opening and the student was having a lot of trouble. Another closer look, and you'd see that the door said pull. In our journey with the Dow so far, we have talked about keys unlocking doors and about how no effort is the effort, how doing nothing is actually the easiest way to accomplish things, if accomplishment is the proper word. Lao Tzu calls us to enter into the building that is our birthright, a place where we experience oneness with everyone and everything, and it's very easy to get in. We just need to stop trying so hard to do things the opposite way. This verse talks about the aliveness of soft and the deadness of hard. We don't have to be brainiac students to get some ideas about this. I bet we can already think of some things off the top of our heads in order to apply it. I mean, Lao Tzu gives us some good examples to start. The tree, a person, an army. So let's push into this and see where else it applies. Let's observe where we can see this at work in our current time. I mean, the humans being soft while they're alive thing is pretty much timeless, so that's easy. And we can still see this working with vegetation and plants and stuff. But what about our daily lives? Can we witness hard and soft, rigidity and pliancy, death and vitality in everyday things? Well, at home, I can see how my rigid attitudes do damage to my personal relationships. It's not about being right all the time, I think. I think it's more about the unity I experience with my spouse. I mean, yes, I have boundaries. But okay, let's let boundaries be just that, a personal preference rather than imposed viewpoints that lead to the other person automatically respecting my boundaries. For example, in financial talks with my spouse, I always wanted to get her to see money the way I did. My reasoning was that she would automatically behave financially in the way that was comfortable for me if she only knew how to properly think about money. Well, this just didn't work. What did work was when I told her what I needed. It was crazy. Like for years, I tried the other way. And like in a video game, as soon as I voiced my financial needs, that hidden door opened and she agreed. Just like that. In this case, I stopped worrying about getting someone to adhere to a code of ethics or behavior. I just asked for what I needed. I stopped being rigid, became vulnerable, and switched from being tired and malnourished to experiencing hope and a new sense of vitality in our relationship. 
at work. I wonder how needing things to go according to my plans gets in the way of my usefulness there. In some self-examination on another occasion, I looked at a time when I thought that if I accomplished a project by myself without any help, it would show that I was brilliant, capable, and, well, I don't want to admit this, but yes, that I was gifted. Uh, wow, that's even icky for me to look at. I I can imagine how that felt for people around me. <laughs> anyway, I had this belief that if I could do something by myself, it would basically mean that I was worthy in the workplace. Now, recently, I challenged this belief and saw that in maintaining it, being rigid with it, and not considering other possibilities, I was actually sabotaging my goal to be viewed as a productive, reliable, solid team member. Not only at the work team level, but with myself. In maintaining that rigid belief, I was isolating myself. I was causing my own professional mortification. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm with friends now. I'm not that great at having casual arm's length relationships with people. I'm comfortable with intimate one-on-ones and I'm comfortable addressing a crowd, but at small group level, I need some work there. While I haven't delved into this one yet, my suspicion is that it's got something to do with awareness and humility. Somehow, I have bought into this idea that I'm not good in groups based on my grade school experiences. Formative stuff, right? That's what I thought until I discovered that I could rewire the way I thought about those experiences. I mean, there's what I experienced, not being able to relate to people. And there's what I know now. It just happened to be an awkward time with other stuff going on. Like, I don't know, the development of my self-image, my person, my 12-year-old worldview. I don't have to hold on to my 12-year-old perception of group events. Mostly because I have a 44-year-old worldview now that is quite different from that one. I can become flexible and re-perceive what was going on then. I could possibly realize that, wait... Maybe I can move into being comfortable with groups if I can take some time to challenge myself. Hard is death, soft is life. Looking at my belief systems and behaviors is just one way I can apply this verse today. There are other ways. I can look at my spirituality, my view on what the Tao is or isn't, whether it's right or not. Other people's view of the Tao other people's view of stuff. What I think is a good way to live and not a good way to live. It's a little overwhelming just thinking about it. And there's probably a very slim likelihood that I could actually get to all of it before I died if I started now. So what's the point? Well, for me, it seems that like with everything, I can do what I can right now with what I've got. I can always be pushing, always trying, always cultivating my garden. It's the doing that counts. So just being aware of this concept is great for now. I can keep practicing it by challenging myself and my beliefs whenever I seem to find myself with an icky feeling or in conflict with others. 
And I can do my best to remember to stay alive by practicing being soft. Refining that energy. With the help of some literature written by practitioners of Tao and yoga, I have come to my current interpretation of lower and upper energy flow in my body. I would like to share a little bit about that now. Now, we're all on our own journeys, and what we find along the way that's helpful for us can be picked up, used for a time, and then set aside when it's no longer needed. So, as I explore this with you, Know that none of this is needed to know the Tao. Also, if it seems like it doesn't gel with your experience, know that it is just my personal experience and doesn't need to be yours. I suppose I'm saying all of this to ask if you'll consider some esoteric concepts with me, if you're willing, and if it makes sense. Have you ever stepped into a pond? Above the surface is air. And then the water starts. And toward the bottom, the water starts getting a little muddy. And then there's this squishy stuff near the bottom, which, not gonna lie, is a little freaky when I'm stepping into it. (laughs) And then finally, solid bottom. I feel like we can use this picture to explore our lower and upper natures. Lao Tzu says, The strong and hard are inferior. The weak and soft are superior. In the Lin Yutang translation, he says that the big and strong belong underneath, and the gentle and weak belong at the top. He's talking about that vitality and deadness here, saying that, like a tree, the suppleness of the branches are most prevalent when they are the most alive, while the bottom part is hard and stiff. I mean, it's still alive, but there's definitely some inert matter there. In my reading and exploring, I have come across the concept of us as human bodies having a similar form. Only it's not like my feet are dead and my head is alive. It's more like my yin, that heavy, latent energy being expressed by my hidden desires to make reality conform to my will, and yang, that light energy that allows me to channel the Tao's power through my thoughts, words, and actions. So, although it's like that weird experience of stepping into a pond... It's not as sequential or linear. So if I think about this, I could say that I've got this light, airy energy that is in connection with everything, and it gradually gets heavier until it's solid and inert. And I just call this the upper and lower energies. Now, in some of the literature I've read from Indian authors and some I've read from Chinese authors, one of the themes is this recognition of our heavy and light energies. If we were to look at it in a linear fashion, both regions' authors have mentioned in quite different texts the idea of lower and upper energy centers. Some Indian authors express those as chakras, and some Chinese authors express those as dandian. They associate the lower energy parts of the body, from perineum to solar plexus, with the solid heavy energy, and the upper energy points from the heart space to the pineal gland and above with upper energy. As a part of self-cultivation, one of the ideas is to take that solid, desire-based yin energy and transform it into light, formless yang energy. 
This can be accomplished in many ways. Two of them, of which I'm aware, is this practice of internalizing the Tao Te Ching and other classic texts to help me reshape my spiritual disposition and, through physical exercises, that visualize and draw heavy energy from the lower points of the body to the top and back down again in a sort of filtration method. <laughs> I've seen various breathing exercises in the Taoist literature that are similar to Kriya Yoga and Kundalini Yoga. And it's pretty fascinating to see how similar methods of physical and spiritual energy refinement have developed that are seemingly independent of each other in terms of geography and the times in which they were discovered and practiced. I guess the point I'm trying to make in talking about all of this is that we can look at verse 76 as a call to refine our energies. In past episodes, we've talked about integrating our shadows. This is perhaps another way to look at it. I can change my desire-based heavy, and inert energy into light, pliant, and creative energy by doing a few things. Practicing the principles I uncover with the Tao Te Ching and other books, and growing a physical self-cultivation practice as well. Chapter 55 of the Hua Hu Ching has a pretty authoritative list of practices if you're looking to get into it. My human experience so far has been one of bewilderment, terror, and hopelessness. <laughs> At least it started out that way, and it wasn't purely all those things. There's always been joy, love, and happiness intermixed with them. But the mix, while not well-defined like our pond bottom, has been mostly on the heavy side. But as I grow from spiritual and physical self-cultivation efforts... I'm finding that the mix becomes lighter and lighter. I experience more joy, more love, and more happiness than the other stuff. And I don't feel like that's the point. Rather, it feels more like a consequence or byproduct of my efforts. The real prize for me right now is this growing sense of awareness of how I can connect with the world, the people, and the essence of life around me. So, like unplugging from the matrix, only there are multiple matrices from which I can unplug. I've just got to keep refining that energy. So, to wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering staying compassionate, I thought about two things. Number one is practicing being soft. And number two is refining that energy. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of staying compassionate in this verse today. I can look for ways to refine my energy at home, at work, and with friends. At home, I can see how my rigid attitudes do damage to my personal relationships. We talked about this earlier in the episode. There are so many little habits and emotional patterns and cycles that make up a relationship with all people involved, not just me. So when I think about this, I wonder where to start or what the point is. I suppose the best thing I can do is just take it a step at a time when it comes. And by it, 
I mean, anytime there is not harmony. (laughs) But instead of seeing annoyances or angry conversations as things to deal with, perhaps I can see them as opportunities to refine my energy. So let's think about our home lives and pick out a thing that someone does or an attitude they have or some things that they've said that have pushed us out of our Tao bubble. You know, that bubble where everything's just fine and we're content. So first of all, how dare they? (laughs) And second, let's ask, what about this occurrence has disturbed me? How did it make me feel? Did it make me feel embarrassed in any way? Did it make me feel like things weren't fair? In a nutshell, did it make me feel like I needed to prove my self-worth? Or did it make me look weak to myself? In this moment, we're just looking at that yin side of ourselves. We're doing our best to identify the self-driven reasons why what occurred made us feel uncomfortable. So now let's look at that yang side of ourselves. Let's ask the question, how can I use this as an opportunity to create a new type of attitude? Remembering that we're wanting to stay soft and flexible, how can I identify where I'm inflexible and then consider a new point of view? How can I consider taking contrary action within myself? Can I compromise on an attitude while still honoring my inner self? Now this, no doubt, requires some practice and diligence, and I'm not going to lie, the only reason I do this is because harmony with the Tao feels so much better than disharmony. In other words, just being honest here, I don't like it outside my Tao bubble, and I'll do pretty much anything to get back inside. (laughs) And I found that this, searching and being honest with myself, helps out a lot. Alright, so let's have a quick look at work now. For me, the resonant theme is usually how what happens in my professional life affects my sense of accomplishment, my sense of usefulness and purpose, and my sense of financial well-being. There are more, but those are the main ones for now. So when I feel agitated or worried, I can usually look to those things and ask which one it is. (laughs) And often it's a mix of them. Once I identify what's going on, I can either let it go because it's just my ego doing its thing, or I can delve deeper into it and locate a belief system that no longer works and just creates conflict. Then, I could start a new focus. And finally, with friends, I can pause to examine how I hold on to identity, strive to create one, or even allow my drive for approval to accept an identity that may not be genuine to me. My emotional signposts for this can be embarrassment over something I or someone said, 
Or it can be surprisingly a feeling of elation or triumph because of something I or someone said. You know, when someone compliments me on being a certain way or being good at such and such or when I make a joke and everyone laughs their faces off. That kind of elation or triumph that comes with that. Now, I'm not talking about that temporary reaction of feel good or feel bad. I'm talking about that emotional reaction that sticks with me half a day later or even until the next time I see my friends. That one. That is an indicator that I've fallen outside of my Dow bubble. And so, I can ask myself the same questions as before. Hua Ching Ni talks about putting higher and higher spheres of yin and yang together as we practice life. I feel like this can be an example of that. The whole, or the one, means that we have identified, accepted, and looked for opportunities to integrate our personal yin and yang to create a wider channel through which the Tao can flow inside of us. Always feeling negative or positive for me is an indicator that somehow I'm not as leveled off as I'd like to be. Of course, I'm human and have feelings, though I will admit that there's a certain allure to telling others to live long and prosper while staying logical about things. But that's probably another opportunity for me to integrate another shadow. (laughs) So, that'll wrap it up. Thank you for considering how to apply the principle of staying compassionate with me today. To do that, I can look for ways to refine my energy at home, at work, and with friends. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 76 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Shaolin Yang. When people are alive, they are soft. When dead, they are hard. When every living thing is alive, it is soft. When dead, it is hard. So, the strong and hard have no vitality. The soft and weak have vitality. Therefore, when an army is too strong and rigid, it will be extinguished. When a tree is too stiff, it will break. The strong and hard are inferior. The weak and soft are superior. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, 
I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.